Well, I know I do not have your full and undivided attention because you are no doubt admiring our new dome. It is really beautiful and I think it's a great improvement on what was there before. I think it gives the entire church a more sacred look. And how providential that on this first weekend when we are able to celebrate the Mass in our newly refurbished church, that we are also celebrating the Feast of the Dedication of the Basilica of St. John Lateran in Rome. Today is a unique day on the liturgical calendar because we are not celebrating a saint or an event in the Bible or a dimension of the life of Christ or even some aspect of divine revelation. Instead, we are celebrating a building. That will strike some people as odd, because we know that the church, in its truest sense, is not a building. Rather, in the words of the Second Vatican Council, the church is the holy people of God. Yet, it would be a mistake to hold that the places in which we worship hold only some kind of secondary or functional role in our lives as Christians. Because to be a Christian is to understand that stuff matters. First and foremost, this stuff. Ourselves, our own form and matter. Because we are creatures who have intellect. And our intellect rests on the ability of our five senses to draw in data about the world. Our method of proceeding is inductive. Evidence first, conclusions later. We see this in the very structure of the Bible. The truths of the Bible are not presented to us in some kind of foregone conclusion, like a kind of theological treatise or an encyclopedia about God. Rather, we discern God's truths by extrapolating them from the dramatic narrative of Scripture. In doing so, the Bible grasps our imagination because we identify with the persons and the very human emotions and circumstances that they are experiencing. And this creates in us an emotional resonance that interiorizes God's teaching in a way that no theological demonstration ever could. To say that Christ died for our sins because he loved us is one thing. But to be brought into the gospel account and to experience in dramatic fashion the final hours of Christ's life is quite another. To see his betrayal and arrest played out, his beatings and tortures described, and to be given an image of him suffering and dying on the cross. This is to experience Christ's sacrifice with the fullness of our being, just as Christ undertook his passion with the fullness of his own humanity and divinity. In the gospel passage today, Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem. The temple was the holiest place in Judaism because it was the place where the Jewish priests offered the sacrifices to God. In a sense, Judaism was not unique. Almost all cultures have something like a temple, a sacred space where religious oblations are offered by a special class of intermediaries or priests. And there is always a feature clearly present, a special area even within the temple, an inner sanctum, that represents a kind of portal or crossover point into the heavenly realm. The Jerusalem temple was like this as well. 
The central part was the Holy of Holies that contained the Ark of the Covenant. One of the characteristic features, however, of the various pagan religions was that the sacrifices were offered as a way of breaching the heavenly realm. It was a way of dying before you die and obtaining a glimpse of the divine or the eternal. Judaism at that time was essentially similar. The culmination of the Jewish system of sacrifice came once a year when the high priest entered the Holy of Holies and could utter the sacred name of God, the the Tetragrammaton, which no one else could say at any other time during the year. In doing so, he left earth and he entered into God's world. Many people, however, misunderstand the revelation of Christ when they look at this passage from John's Gospel. Jesus says that his body is the temple that will be destroyed and raised up in three days. We all know what he means. But some take this to mean that Christ is suggesting that in the New Testament church, there will be nothing like the Old Testament system of temple sacrifice. That there will be no sacred spaces per se, but only the temples in the sense that St. Paul speaks of each Christian being a temple. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? In other words, faith in Christ will be independent of any ritual system. But this sort of Protestant idea forces one to ignore the very lead up to this dramatic statement of Christ. Right before he declared himself to be the new temple, he drove the money changers and the merchants out of the temple because they were making his father's house a marketplace. Christ considered the temple to be a sacred space. But the difference now is that Christ's death on the cross makes it so that we have in his person the perfect sacrifice. A sacrifice that does not merely symbolize, as did the sacrifices of bulls and goats in the Old Testament. Rather, it signifies the blood of the cross. The sacrifice of the Mass is a sacrament, a symbol which signifies, meaning something that makes something else real. In this way, Christian sacramental sacrifice is different from the Jewish and pagan sacrifices that went before it. Yes, the holy sacrifice of the Mass gives us a glimpse of the heavenly banquet, but it is also making present for us the incarnation that happened right here on earth. It is not so much trying to transport us to heaven as it is pulling heaven down to earth. And unlike pagan or Jewish sacrifice where only the priest could cross over into the heavenly realm and it could only offer the people a vicarious experience, Christ's sacrifice in the Eucharist is made tangibly present to us in the bread and wine that is offered to all the faithful. This is why in the Christian faith it is mistaken for some to hold, as many unfortunately do, that the buildings in which we offer the sacrifice of the Mass can be merely indifferent or functional. Yes, it is possible for a priest, if the circumstances warrant, to offer the Mass anywhere. Masses have been offered in prison cells, in living rooms, on battlefields, indeed even in gymnasiums. But the Christian preference, indeed the Christian imperative, has always been to build suitably sacred buildings that are set aside especially for 
the sacrifice of the Mass. In other words, churches are buildings that symbolize and draw all of our senses towards heaven from which we receive the great sacramental mysteries. This, this is why we celebrate the Feast of the Dedication of St. John Lateran, the Cathedral of the Diocese of Rome, the seat of the papacy. Because it was originally a Roman palace that the Emperor Constantine handed over for Christian use. It stands as a symbol of the pagan system of imperial Rome, giving way to the triumph of the gospel. It is a model for all church buildings because it symbolizes the Christian need derived from our joy and our hope to express our salvation in works of beauty, to show that the reality of Christ's presence in our lives by the permanence, grandeur, and beauty of the buildings in which we worship. Unfortunately, in our time, especially after World War II, many in the Christian West lost a sense of the sacred in our Christian architecture. We lost the sense that church buildings should speak to all five senses, that they should reflect the total majesty of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Very often, styles of architecture that were based upon secular notions of functionality or even postmodern doubts about the idea of objective truth were chosen for the construction of new parishes and cathedrals. Many older, beautiful churches were desacramentalized, stripped of the symbolism by taking out statutes and carvings that reflected the intricate beauty of our faith and replaced with bare white walls and stark lines. Today's feast stands as a rebuke to this line of thinking. We can have earthly beauty and grandeur in this life despite our fallen nature because Christ in his incarnation honored us by inhabiting our world in the flesh. We do not need to cross over to heaven to see him, although of course we all hope to do that. Rather, he comes to us. Let us pray that our temples... Both our buildings and our bodies are worthy of carrying the great weight of his presence.